Hey there, just a quick reminder, we have a mentorship program if you're looking for personalized coaching and mentorship to help guide you to the next level of your interior design business, whatever that might look like for you, whether it's processes and procedures or what services to offer to how to incorporate wellness, intention, or spirituality into your projects, come join us over at designcoven.com forward slash join. Or if you're just in search to connect with other like-minded interior designers, you can join our free community also located at designcoven.com forward slash joy. We are at episode 22 of Bewitching the Home. And today we have interior design firm Truesdale Morrison Design, which is founded by Alicia Truesdale and Dee Morrison. We discover their origin story of how they got into the interior design business. We talk a little bit about their process and what's important to them. And we also share that they have their own podcast, which is called Tea Over Interiors. Uh, The link will be in the show notes, so I encourage all of you to check them out. One thing that's super exciting is I am starting a interior design mentorship program for aspiring interior designers that means you could be somebody that is looking to shift your career uh, wanting to go into this field you could be a student currently in design school or thinking about going into design school or maybe somebody that is currently in the design industry and thinking about um, connecting in the holistic realm of interior design and as part of that membership we have seasoned interior designers coming on a panel we'll have a panel of three designers each month where we will discuss a topic and get some insight uh, from their experiences their failures and their successes and alicia is coming on that first design panel which happens on june 10th it'll be at nine in the morning uh, pacific standard time and then d is going to be coming on the second design panel which happens in july so this is just going to be a little sneak peek for all of you aspiring designers um, to meet somebody that's in the field and that it's willing to share their experience I feel like when I first started the design business or being in the design world, just getting out of school, all the designers were so secretive and so territorial about their resources and their experience. And that's not what I um, want other aspiring designers to feel or to experience. So I'm creating a safe space for all of us to learn from designers that have this knowledge and this experience and that are open to share with us. So if this is a program that you are interested in, please send me an email to get on that wait list. We do open up on June 1st, um, which I'm super excited about. It will have a virtual tier, an in-person tier, and then a one-on-one mentorship tier that gets a bit more deep. So yeah, I'm just super excited about that. So send me an email. The link will be in the show notes, but you can email me personally at Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, Lorraine, L-A-R-R-A-I-N-E at Gmail. And I'm super excited to hear from you. And I'm excited to launch the program. More uh, will be exposed. And uh, follow me on Instagram as well to 
to get more insight. So enjoy, enjoy this episode. And I'm so excited to be able to share these beautiful designers with all of you. Hello, I'm Rachel Lorraine Crawford, a creatrix of Sacred Space through holistic interior design and magic. Welcome to Bewitching the Home, where we discover new concepts, meet creatives, and conscious businesses that contribute to creating an enchanted home filled with mindfulness, intentional living, and well-being for us, our families, and Mother Earth, a home connected to our highest vibration that brings us balance, harmony, and a purposeful way of living. Welcome back to Bewitching the Home. We have two guests on today that are current interior designers. We've got Truesdale Morrison um, that's here with us today. It's Dee and Alicia, and we are going to get their perspectives, get some information, and just learn from, from them and their perspective of holistic interior design. So before we do that, I'm going to go ahead and set our present moment. Just connecting with our breath. And I'm going to go ahead and light our Mithras candle here. A nice, beautiful ritual candle of beeswax. Acknowledging our creative wisdom, our higher selves. Just creating sacred space, holding us all here in this beautiful container as we connect and learn from each other. I'm also pulling a card today from Moon Void Tarot with Stephanie Capone. And we know we had her on the show. I want to say it was episode five. Um, so I'm pulling her cards because I just really resonate with her and her beauty and all the things that she's bringing into our space. So I'm going to go ahead and pull us a card right side up as always. And today we have judgment the card of judgment whenever i get this card i'm always thinking okay what does this mean what is going on and this could just be the simple idea that a lot of times we we judge ourselves and we judge ourselves a little bit too harshly and we may be in a space of comparison and whenever this card comes up i'm always thinking about okay what is the call what is the thing that is calling me to the next level and so there's kind of two different um meanings here with this card so one is be a little bit softer with ourselves. You know, we are in our spaces that are, you know, we're all contributing to something beautiful and magical. And it's about answering that call and not judging it, not judging how we show up or how we compare to others, but really just connecting with our truest, highest self and then answering that beautiful call as we move forward. I just love that card. All right, Dee and Alicia, what are you brewing over there? Alicia, when she came on was like, uh, doing all her teapots and was shaking things up. <laughs> One of my favorites, I'm having hot cinnamon spice. It seems Ooh. to kind of get my blood flowing and it, uh, it, it elevates me. So this one has a blend of black tea um, and three types of really nice um, sweet and spicy um, herbs or I have cinnamon. I have orange peel, it has sweet clove, and it just has a very fragrant and vibrant appeal. So mm. it lifts me. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And Dee, what do you have? I have from um, Alicia and I, we went on a little excursion in Princeton, New Jersey to a tea shop. 
and I got this tea called, well, at least you got it for me, called um, pumpkin pie, and it's an herbal tea. It smells so delicious. You can find it. Oh, it's so there. pretty. It's a beautiful loose leaf. Yes. Yes. So I brewed this, and this it has this color, and it's already sweetened, kind of. Okay. Has like fruits in there and everything, so I don't add anything to it. But this is what it looks like. It looks oh, like so a pretty. like a, a punch or something, but yeah. nice warm. <laughs> yeah. That, and um. It just it just feels really good. You know, you can take taste all the spices. You can taste the notes of pumpkin. You can taste the notes of cinnamon. It's really delicious. So, mm. That's what yeah. I'm today. Love it. I love it. Um, today I have a tea, of course, from Paru. Um, Amy at Paru is just one of my favorite people. And uh, I want to say this was in maybe, I think it had him in 2020, the beginning of 2020. My girlfriend and I, uh, a friend of mine, Carly, who's an, an artist, we would create these ritual boxes and we would mail them out. And um, we would have Amy at Paru create a blend of tea that corresponded to the theme of the box. And so we were working with the card of the fool. Oh, no, it was the magician. Sorry, we were working with the magician. And so we called it Alchemist. And that was really about creating and manifesting from the things that we have. So she created this tea for us. It's peppermint, basil, and marigold. Um, just for the really so nice. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's super nice. Manifesting, yeah, the Alchemist. <laughs> yeah, I the can, super power. I can align with that one. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. So I'm excited to have you because you are not in my bubble. You're not on, you know, the same side of the country as me. So I would love, love, love to um, get your perspective on things. Tell us what is what is home for you and and where do you call home? Okay, so um, so I'm born and raised in New York. And so New York is my home. I am a city girl, but I now live in the suburbs of New York. And I, I love it. So, you know, I share a home with my husband and it's a cute little house. And, you know, it's just filled with love because the two of us are here, we love each other. But um, what I consider home is, you know, home is where it sounds so cliche, but it's really where your heart is. Home can be anywhere, right? Yeah. Home lives within you. So once you find peace within yourself, I feel like you can live anywhere. You, because mm-hmm. this is your home, this right here. So always have to take care of yourself first and then you can help those around you, you know? So that's pretty much what I, that's how I view home. Yeah, I love it. I really, I really love it here. You know, we have a lot of light and you know, um, there's lots of opportunities for air to come into the home and yeah. help bring in the freshness and take out the sickness. You know, I was sick earlier this week, but um, I pulled through. I was like, oh, I want to make this this interview with Rachel. Oh, well, you look beautiful. I would have never known. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So that was the question, right? What do yeah. I? Yeah. yeah. So that's what I consider home. Beautiful. <laughs> and how like. Uh, D, I really have been able to create home space in several places. My um, my current domicile is in New Jersey. I 
founded I found a house about it's three years now, right, Dee? They found this little maybe longer. No, I think it's three. Don't don't no, I don't think so. I no, I thought it was two actually, but I think it was 2019 when I purchased it at the end of oh. 2019. Oh, okay. So I found a Tudor cottage in Trenton, New Jersey, and I've been restoring it slowly. So I am on a very quaint little street next to the river. So I am inspired by my proximity to a wonderful flowing body of water. And sometimes I'm moved by the energy in that water. Sometimes it's... Mm -hmm you know, very dramatic. <laughs> and, sometimes, and I get to see it every day as I go in and out and around and about. And it's lovely. Yesterday, I just took a ride along the river up to New Hope, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And I needed that energy from the water. And I believe strongly in that proximity to the water really helps to create life and energy around my yeah. home space. Absolutely. I agree. You know, I'm not too far from the beach. And I went to the beach um, Thursday. And I said, you know what? I can ground in my own yard, but there's something about the sand. And I just felt like I needed to connect with the sand and the water. So, because it's that light force. Yeah. And I was like, this is going to heal me. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I you got to. You've got the sand and the earth right? That grounds you, connected to the earth, and you've got the water. So that's great. Yeah. And the air. You got, a, you got a lot going on there. Just got all the elements. I was like, yeah. this salt air is going to heal me. I mean, maybe, maybe Rachel can give us some insight on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys are really connecting with that earth. And, and Mother Earth, she will take all those things, right? So I love walking out into the ocean, stepping into salt water because it's so detoxing. And she just takes all that sickness and all that energy that isn't supporting us and she will transform that into so many other things that you know is is beneficial and healing so you were definitely in the right space to like connecting with the water connecting with the sand and just letting her heal you and take it away i gotta meet rachel on sunday Thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad you did it because we're here. So I would love to know what what is your origin story? How did you um, connect with interiors and and how did you infuse it with wellness and the holistic um, space of it all? So when I was younger, I had an obsession with you know make playing house, you know, like all yeah. that. But I used to watch my mom play house in like a larger home, right? Because we had a home and my mom would, um, in the springtime, change the curtains. She changed the bedspreads. We always had like changes all season, right? And so, um, you know, we had to clean the silverware and stuff like that. And so, you know, my mom, she always took steps to make our house feel like fresh and clean. And although, you know, everybody used pine salt back in the day, <laughs> the house wasn't clean unless it smelled like pine salt. But <laughs> now we know better, right? And it's just so funny how, you know, I watched these things when I was younger. My mom would burn incense around the house, right? Because back in her days, like, they knew and understood that burning incense cleansed your home and it killed germs in the air and stuff like that. 
They didn't really spray Lysol. They yeah. didn't think about spraying Lysol in the air. When it was thickness, they burned like incense and things like that and would walk around the house and cleanse everywhere. So, um, you know, I kind of took those things as I got older and I realized that I enjoyed a clean and fresh home that was always feeling lively. And, you know, we always had the windows open for fresh air. And, you know, I started burning incense as I got older. But then I learned that, you know, those are not so great for you. And um, when I was in school studying interior design, I decided I used to want to be a lawyer. And so I decided that one day law wasn't for me when I graduated with my undergrad. And I decided I was going to do interior design instead. And so um, I went to school and during the course of my education, they asked us to pick a path, residential, commercial. So I wanted to go with commercial design because I always thought about like designing hotels and things like that. So when we went through the commercial aspect of our training, they taught us about, um, you know, that's when we really talked about materials and how they affect the environment. And that's when I learned so much about sustainability and what products to use and, you know, and how you, how they interact and help people feel better. Cause we learned about hospital design. We learned about all these different, we learned about all these different mediums. And when I graduated school, I became more obsessed with <laughs> sustainability and wellness and things like that. And so then I just started incorporating the practices that I learned as a child into um, my design and how I wanted a space to make you feel because that was my training in school. It was about how how does design help people heal, you know? Where as designers, we're responsible for the welfare of the public, right? So learning those things is really what brought me to knowing more about products and making sure that what I use is safe for the home environment, for your breathing. And, you know, we learned about a lot about asthma and how these things affect you and stuff like that. I used to have issues with my sinuses as a child. And I remember my mom ripping up my shag carpet, you know, because we lived in an older home and I was the last child. And I remember her ripping it up and throwing it out the window because my doctor was like, this is the start of her of her issues, you know? Oh my gosh. And so all these lessons that I learned subconsciously in life, I just translated them when I became a designer. And so that became my main focus is like mm. what we're putting in your home, how it's going to affect you, how it's going to affect the air quality. And that's, that's where it, that's where it all started for me. You chose the path of like commercial and hospitality. How, when did you shift? When did you, or, or are you still doing a lot of that or, or are you doing both? So I, I guess you can kind of say I've done both. When I graduated school, I started working for Bloomingdale's. Mm. Well, that was when I was still in school. I was working for Bloomingdale's Furniture Gallery and I was selling mattresses. Yeah. And I was learning a lot about mattresses and what they put in mattresses and what companies were actually working on materials that are safer for the home environment. 
and how they were not using certain chemicals to keep, you know, bed bugs out of mattresses. You know, there was one company that made a very expensive mattress and what they put inside the mattress was all natural materials to repel bugs Mm -hmm. forever. Wow. You know, so that they never wanted to live in your mattress to begin with. Yeah. And so I was learning all these different things. And so I started there and I learned a lot about the furniture business. But while I was there, I worked on people's homes because, you know, I had a lot of celebrities and things like that that would come in. And so they would always need help with their homes. So they allowed us to, you know, help the help the uh, the clients that way. And, you know, I learned so much from there. And then I moved on to showroom design for a couple of different large retailers. And so I was in the commercial realm for a while, but always interacting with homeowners. Yeah. (laughs) So then that kind of brought me back to residential. (laughs) Nice. I love how we kind of go in these loops and circles and then we come right back. And 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 then we come right back. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and Alicia, what is your what is your background and story and how did you come into this space of design? So interior design was the, I was very decidedly wanting to be a designer. When I was in um, high school, my mother at the time was a um, guidance counselor and she told me uh, about three careers and interior design was one of them. She said, this is in the next 25 years, these are the careers that are going to be big. Not many people are talking about it now. Remember, I'm like, I'm a senior. (laughs) (laughs) I actually started, I graduated from college in 88. Wow. So when she said to me, you have these three options because you need to, you're an artist, you're a creative and you got to figure out how to take care of yourself. So you get three choices. I was like, okay, what are they? And she said, interior design, which nobody was talking about it really. I mean, people were doing it, but no one yeah. was chatting about that. It wasn't like, on, there was no HDTV back Correct. It wasn't just common knowledge. And the other thing was um, medical illustrator and the other one was art therapist, art therapist. So, you know, she just was trying to like help me to stay within the realm of creativity, but she wanted me to be employable. (laughs) Listen, mothers, right? So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take the first one. So I'll do interior design. And it was very good because she was so right look at you know fast forward 25 30 years later it's like all the rage everybody wants to every every other person i meet is like i'm a designer i'm like okay (laughs) have at it you know Um, i feel like interior design and i it always resonated with me from a very early age don't just make places or spaces that are dramatic and will put you in architectural digest, will make a name for you. That never spoke to me. Mm-hmm. I always liked to create spaces that helped people to feel grounded and connected with that space. And so when my clients would come to me and ask me to make the place beautiful, 
my question to them always was, how do you live in your home? Mm-hmm. You know, what is it? This house is not about me. It's not right. about my aesthetic. It's about you. It's about how you live. What do you, you're, in my vision, home should be a place to recharge. And I really do use my home as therapy. It is a space for me to reconnect. My friends say to me, we haven't spoken to you in days. And I'm like, yeah, because I've been home trying to like get it together. Right. You know, because <laughs> that's the space that I can rely on to, to elevate me. It's where I feel safe. It's where I feel nurtured. And I want to share that with my clients, my family, my friends. And they all say that, how did you get your house to feel like this? I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, it just feels so warm. It feels so nurturing. When we come there, we just want to hang out. Of course, there are many elements to that, as you know. Ah, yeah. You know, and it is an art form. It, 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 there's a little science to it. There's a lot of art to it, and there's, I can't even make a word, a a lot, (laughs) a million (laughs) tons of energy around that, right? It has a lot to do, it's very spiritual. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. I think every space I've ever lived in and every space I've ever created, that was the intention, so that that space creates and evokes health and wellness and energy and grace and ease. And I do hibernate at home a lot because of that. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that true, D? Isn't that true, D? Yes, that is very true. Yes. <laughs> that's so good. And and I have met a lot of people where they do cocoon. They come into their homes and that's their healing space, right? And and it's so true about designing spaces that make you feel a certain way and to get there first and create that intention before we start making everything pretty. You know, we can have the most beautiful spaces and not feel good in them. Really having that soul and that intention at the very beginning um, is is so important and key. And that's amazing that Alicia, you've been doing it since the very beginning. And, you know, we can all learn from that. And, you know, you're very successful in that space. Um, so I'd love to know, how did you guys come together? What's the collaboration? How did you um, connect? So we met in 09 and Alicia didn't know that she wanted to love me forever at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so we met in 09 and then uh, we became friends and um, she was very impressed with me. No, just kidding. <laughs> I was like, okay, modesty is definitely not your strong suit. <laughs> like, oh my goodness, you're so amazing. No. So um so we became friends and in about uh around 2016, we were like, we need to do something together. We know we need to we're both Aquariuses, right? Okay. That's true. Our birthdays are a day apart. So yep. on the 24th of January, she's the 25th. So she's my Aquarian twin, basically. And she, I always said, say that she's like the older version of me. Yeah. <laughs> so I would look at her and be like, oh, I'm going to be just like you when I get, when I grow up. <laughs> but, um, so, so we were like, well, what are we going to do? We didn't know. So a couple years went by. And then one day someone asked Alicia if she, did someone, I don't remember how, how that part started, but. Someone asked Alicia, I think, if we could do staging or whatever 
for an investor. She had met like some investors because she was thinking about buying her house and, you know, doing like these flips and things like that. Yeah. We met some investors and it was like, hey, you know, you stage some houses. So we started staging houses and that was like our business. It was like, hey, we're going to stage houses. That'll be our new business. Because, um, you know, we kind of got we kind of got uh, jaded by, you know, just corporate. The more commercial, the more commercial um, approach to interior design, mm-hmm. the places that a lot of designers gravitate to as they're trying to work their way through the maze of interior design um, employment opportunities. And so, I'm sorry, Dee, I just cut you off. But yeah, that's how no, we No, no, no. Yeah. And so then the other thing, the other component of it is that Alicia, Alicia used to own her own, she didn't say this part, but she used to own her own store. Um, she's wildly successful. But um, one of the things that she did was she was a window treatment window treatment connoisseur yeah I used to to work I had a small um workroom so we would fabricate custom high-end um custom window treatments like mostly you know um balances cornices drapery that sort of thing and I was running that almost full-time that was after we met though D right or was that before no that was before yeah, yeah, that was before. Sorry. But then when we met and then we decided to do something together, that was one of the other things we did. We were yeah. doing we recruitment. Yeah. True. 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 And so, yeah. And so then a little bit more time passed. And I said to Alicia, I said, let's start a podcast. <laughs> so we did. And I'm like, like, why? <laughs> like, do we really need that? Let me tell you something about D. Dee is always searching. She's forever plugged into mm. what is alive. And and I this is why I used to teach. So this is why I really, really stay close to her energetically. Because I won't say that I can get jaded or a little bit like I every time she presents something to me, I'm like, yeah, I've seen that before. Done <laughs> that and around. Been there, done that. And it's so true, but it doesn't mean I've done this. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So when she introduced the podcast, I was like, all right, let's see, because I haven't done that before, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and so we started that in 2021. And um, yeah, it's been like an outlet for us to just, because people always want to know, what we're talking about for sure you know? yeah what are we talking about and so like a lot of our conversations like i t- tell my friends about and they're like that would be interesting you know for to have heard both sides of the yeah. story so we decided we would just make a podcast and that's what we would do so that's kind of like the origin story we do have very different perspectives and i think that is healthy you know yeah. because i learned from her as she learns from me on a certain um, on occasion. And I think it's a very good banter. Very often, you know, I'll listen to her perspective and I'll be like, mm, not so much. Like, I don't see that. And she'll say, no, like, this is what I've learned. This is what I've heard. This is what I've seen. And then the more, I guess, evidence she presents, it's almost like, you know, she's presenting her case. Yeah. I'm oh, yeah, you know. I've seen that. Like, I have seen evidence of that in my life experience. I am an evidence-based person. I want to know, like, 
where that came from. You got it. How 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 that shows up. What what does that look like? That's all. That's my question. You know what? I guess because you know it could be generational. It could just be personality. But I definitely want to know the foundation of it and where that's coming from. And if you can present enough evidence, I'm going to consider it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just love, yeah, I love your synergy and how you guys are connected and just the learning. Um, I could see in your relationship how I feel like Alicia might might have been a mentor um, to you, Dee, but I also see you being a mentor to her and bringing in this fresh perspective and then bringing in this wisdom and just like this back and forth and it's just really really cool yeah we enjoy it we're so thankful to the universe for bringing us together and showing us how to appreciate each other and ultimately how to appreciate ourselves you know that's Mm -hmm. that's important Mm -hmm. definitely and then you know infusing that into your home you know on a holistic level it's like sure like you were saying rachel your home could be beautiful, but what are those items doing for you? That's the other thing that I do is that I I help people pare down because I grew up in a home that was clutter-free. Yeah. <laughs> that was only the necessities. And it's not like it was bare. Right, but, right. You know, we just didn't have, well, a lot of stuff everywhere. It was very easy even for us as children just to help clean up the house if it, you know, on a Sunday or a Saturday or whatever, because all we had to do was sweep the floor, mop, there's nothing to pick up, no objects to keep moving around. You know, sure, you got to go around the coffee table and stuff. But, um, you know, I I grew up in that kind of space with not very much visual clutter. And so I help people to pare down and release a lot of visual clutter because I feel like if everything you feel is beautiful in your home, and there's so much of it, then what is actually special? What do you actually treasure in your space? And sometimes that can cause like energetically, it can cause you to feel like, you know, I want more, I need more, you know, instead of learning to appreciate what you have. And so that's very big for me, especially when I help people to design their homes. I want them to pick only the things that they know they're gonna love for a long time and that they know is enough for them and understand why they're choosing to put that energy into their homes and why they're choosing to put that object in their home. And then, you know, we gotta talk about what is that object made of? <laughs> so we decide if we actually want this product in the house. <laughs> yeah, you got multiple angles that <laughs> it's like, what VOC is hiding in here? Let me do some research first. I'll get back to you. Oh, you guys. But yeah, so, you know, but I do believe it is important to live with beauty. We do need to see beauty on a daily basis. Yeah, we're very visual. Yeah. So, because it's very helpful and it helps to boost your mood. But just knowing why you want these things in your life, I think is very important. Because I think people just, they're just so used to seeing and being subconsciously told that what they have is not enough what they are is not enough their home is not enough you need to renovate this it's too old who appreciates retro this 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 you know because they're just trying to sell products you know like at the end of the day 
we have to kind of realize the things that we actually do need versus the things that we don't need. And I do like to help people solve problems with that visual, visual and mental clutter as well. Mm -hmm. um, They're synonymous. They really are. Yeah. And I think, I think that's very important. And so, um, while I would love to be able to tell people, you know, what's feng shui in their home, all I can do is help them work with the energy, what they're feeling when it comes to having certain objects and placed where and things like that. And that's another thing I love too is uh, spatial planning. Mm. That's my favorite. Like, especially the more complicated it is of a space, yeah. I just want to eat it. <laughs> oh, I know how to do this. I know how to make this work. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Now, I mean, you're doing it. You're speaking the language. You know, it's all about energy and and shifting and moving. And and you're probably one of the first people that I've spoken to that have grown up has grown up in a home where it was clutter free, where we didn't have all these things. Because, um, you know, on my father's side, there was spaces that that was you know, almost a hoarder situation. And I grew up with all this stuff and it just accumulates and there's stuff on my husband's side too. And it's, you know, that's the fear of like, oh my God, like we can't, we don't want to turn into that or we don't want to, you know, so there's a struggle, right? Like, like it's almost like there's, when things start to pile up, it's like, oh my God, I got to get rid of this or I got to release. And, um, and I love that you brought up like when you were kids, like being able to clean up and not having stuff everywhere. Um, huge that's like so huge and the lessons that you've learned and it's like holy crap because you know I come from a space where it's like I there was stuff around me and it didn't feel good and I'm trying to like heal that and and release that and and step away from it and you've grown up in it and you're like I'm gonna share this with everybody because you know what it's like to live in a space that feels you know good like that and it's it's really really neat yeah like we could do cartwheels in our living room (laughs) Anything. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I'm so jealous. And I think my mom probably did that because she knew that her kids were going to treat uh, the living room on a rainy day like it was a jungle gym. So, you know, she probably was like, I need to have less stuff. You know, yeah. we did break a coffee table, but <laughs> it's, you know, oh. it's just things that kids do. We blame my sister. Yeah. Um, my mom knows the story now, but, you know, <laughs> we, we ran upstairs <laughs> and put ourselves to bed as if, we didn't know what was happening and my sister got all the blame but you know that's that's a uh, that's life yeah, that's what that's like for I kids love it <laughs> <laughs> so good um so i would love to know if you have any advice or tips for people that are listening uh, what would be something that you would um give them a, as a way to start you know creating a holistic space for wellness in their home what, what would be your number one tip to to guide them into that direction if they already have a lot of things yeah definitely want to try to look around the space and before you just start purging because that's i don't advise that strategy until you've decided on what pieces truly resonate with you what are the ones that make you feel alive Mm -hmm. And that sounds pretty, but what are the items, what are the purposes of those items? Obviously, you need a place to eat. 
So you're looking at your dining spaces or your 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 um, counters or your island in your kitchen. But do you need 10 places to eat? Do you need five places to eat? Do you need two? Do you need a formal space anymore? Some people are not really using formal dining rooms. I love to yeah. entertain, so I need a formal dining room because I'm get people gather around the dining room table. But everybody doesn't need that, right? It's not necessary for every household. So I think starting to spend some time figuring out how you live in your space and what is in your house that is absolutely necessary. Yeah. And if you have to make a list, that's fine too. But don't just go throwing a whole bunch of stuff out. You know, I, I, I don't even know that anyone could really do that. I think you'd have to have an enormous amount of clutter and a lot of courage to just start tossing stuff out. So that's that's not the immediate um, action that I would suggest. The immediate action is to make an assessment. Yeah. You know, go through the home and look at the things. And I'm going to tell you, it's it's sobering and, and humbling because I've done that on many occasions. And Dee knows I'm still in the process of doing that. We did it with me. Yep. I did it with you recently. We even had a podcast about it. Mm-hmm. I needed to do it with my closet. I still need to do it with my attic space because when I moved into this home, I just had to move everything to the attic. Got and it. as I need things, I go and I, you know, I bring them down or, but there's, I've been here three years. There's stuff I don't even remember. I, I know that I'm missing some dishes because <laughs> I was <laughs> looking for them. I was looking for them. They're smaller dishes. They're white dishes because I have a thing for whiteware. And I'm like, okay, I need some white saucers, like size stuff, you know, or appetizer size dishes. I said, I know I have a whole bunch of these somewhere. Did I give them away? They're probably up in that attic, packed away somewhere in a box that's buried like 15 deep, you know? So I think if folks could take that first step to just make an assessment. Yeah. I think it'll help you to realize how much you have that you do not need, how much you have that you don't even want anymore. For sure. And how many items in your space are emotional as opposed to practical. Yeah, I think that's a very, very um, healthy exercise. It takes time. And Dee will tell you, I mean, she likes to go full throttle, but I that's think she not with been, everyone. Not with everyone. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think you might have been that way with me because you were like, yeah, this is too much. Let's let's get it done. Let's get it done. Um, and we don't live that close to each other. So I don't think she wanted to like drag it out over weeks and months. I couldn't I drag she, it out. But also oh, I go by the person's energy. So mm. um, when I work with someone, usually I kind of know them. Yeah. But uh, I let them know we're going to have fun. It's going to be an experience. I want them to take a deep breath first. This is what I want people to do. Yeah. This is what I would recommend. I want you to stand in whatever space is not making you happy or the space you're thinking you need to have change. I need you to stand in that space. I need you to take a deep breath with your eyes closed. And when you open your eyes, I want you to see that space in a new way. I want you to decide what is the goal? We talk about that a lot on our podcast. What's the goal of the space? What's the intention? 
what do I want to see in the end? Right? Yeah. And so I think once you close your eyes and take a deep breath and then open your eyes, I feel like you can see that new possibility and then you're ready to start. And I feel like if there's a lot of stuff in that room that you need to to sort and get rid of, um, it's always good if you can't rip the Band-Aid off. Like some people know what they need to get rid of. Yeah, yeah. So if you can just start getting rid of the garbage, right? Like you know what's garbage. You can identify the garbage. Get rid of the garbage. Just, okay, that wrapper does not belong on the floor that does not belong there you know that that's garbage and you know just get a trash bag and just start clearing out the garbage okay close your eyes again take another deep breath open on and look at this space one more time and know that you had that goal and then just start from one area you know maybe start left to right right to left whatever is easiest for you because that's the way we read so if you're reading your room, you may notice that your eye starts from the right and moves to the left. Whichever way you naturally land and view your space, start there, wherever your eyes landed first. Because subconsciously, you're telling yourself that's where the problem lies or that's where you need to start. So if yeah. you're in your space and let's say your eyes land on your dresser and you know dresser's super cluttered and things like that, Maybe that's where you need to start because that's where you're focusing. So you start there and you just say, okay, I'm gonna set a timer and I'm gonna dedicate some time to here. And then I'm going to, you know, assess when I'm, you know, what I need, what can I buy again? What would I buy again? Usually that's what helps people decide if they're going to keep something. Would I buy this again? And if the answer is no, just, you don't need it. Why do you have it? You know, mm -hmm. buy something that you are going to love no matter how long you have it. Maybe you love the piece so much that later on down the line, you'll want to paint it. You'll want to decoupage it. You'll want to change it, but you'll never want to get rid of the piece. So think of your items in those terms. What, do, what would I buy again? Would I spend the money on this again? Would I spend the money on this again if it was two times as much, you know? Um, why do I have this? Do I love this? How does it make me feel? Like Alicia said, am I keeping this out of some emotional guilt that I feel like the person who gave it to me is going to feel a certain way? You will be so surprised that when people give you gifts, it's yours to yeah. do what you want with it. That person gave it to you knowing they're not going to keep track. They're not calling you once a month. Hey, how's that gift doing? I gave you. <laughs> they're, they're not. They're not on it like that. So why are you on it like that? Once something has lived its life and it served you, and it no longer serves you, allow it to be free and serve someone else. Because now it's going to make you miserable until you release it. Because items have their own energy. We all are energetic, right? Everything has its own energy. So you got to start letting go of those things that are nagging and gnawing at you. And your items talk to you. You know, they're like, you forgot to clean me. You know, For sure. <laughs> you want too much stuff. Yeah, it's like, it's like we buy things <laughs> to keep it safe, right? Yes, yes. Like we build a little home for objects. Like these are just inanimate objects. What are they doing for you? So that's why it's important to know what these items are doing for you, because it's like, you're buying these objects and you're paying the rent and the mortgage for them to stay at your home 
and it's like they're not doing anything for you you constantly got to clean and dust them you know i think once people start thinking about what these objects do to them i think it'll be way easier for them to be like you know what i I agree. I don't need this. I've gifted items to people because they come to my house and they're like, I really like that. Where did you get it? Take there you it. go. <laughs> that's a good time. Take you, it. That's a good you time. You can have it. And they're staring at me like, I can have it? I'm like, you sure can. Sure can, yep. But you know what? Um, I try as I, I've gotten older. Like sometimes people, you know, some people would be like, how come I didn't get a card? You know, like they want a card with their gift. And in my mind, I'm just like, I don't want to give you more things to have to decide to part with and throw away. Yes, I'm yeah. pushing your decision, but I don't want to contribute to your clutter. You know, some people are just too sentimental. Mm. They're just going to hold on to things. And then I have to come over and help them get rid of it. So, <laughs> no, let me just cut it preventive. off. <laughs> I love you. That's why I didn't give you a card. <laughs> and oh, that's so that's a good used thing. To They're used to not getting cards. <laughs> Plus, you got to save some trees, Alicia. Yeah. I'm not going to recycle it when they're ready to throw it away. I know they're not. I'll take a card. Thank you. I don't mind the cards. Thank you. I have to give a verbal card. <laughs> a digital card. Get your digital card, Alicia. From now okay. on. That's fine. <laughs> Although that's something. not great for the environment either. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my goodness. Don't get me started. Chelsea, help me. <laughs> oh, amazing. Oh, I just love having you both here. This is great. <laughs> yeah. So how can um how can the audi- our audience find you? How can we listen to your podcast? What is it called? Okay. So our podcast is called Tea Over Interiors because Alicia and I we drink some tea similar to you, Rachel. And then we talk about our topic, which is usually some interior design topic. But I think we're taking a little break right now. Okay. You know, working on content for everyone. Yeah. But, um, you know, we're going to sometimes we're going to be places and we're going to talk about where we are and what we're doing. And we'll talk about design within that space and how you can take little nuggets of the world that you love and how to incorporate it into your home. Right. So it's called Tea Over Interiors. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, um, Reason, wherever you get podcasts. Amazon, you can tell Alexa to play us. You can tell Google, you can tell uh, Siri. All of your smart home speakers can play us. So yeah. That's where you can find us. And um, we are upgrading our website. Okay. Teaoverinteriors.com. That's T-E-A overinteriors.com. And uh, you could sign up for our newsletter. And soon we are hoping to offer, you know, like a virtual tea party. Oh, nice. um, And they can ask us questions. And, you know, we can have tea together. While we talk about interiors, I love it. Make sure you sign up for those as well. That sounds so fantastic. I absolutely love that you're doing that. And are there any rituals or practices that you're doing right now that just keep you centered and grounded that you're enjoying and would like to share? So, my favorite thing right now is um, every morning I wake up, I've been doing this always though, but every morning I wake up, I'm really grateful to open my eyes to see another day, to hear the birds chirping, 
even though they could be annoying sometimes, especially late at night. I don't know why I trip so late now. It's but all hours lately. I've noticed. I'm like, these birds are hungry. What is happening? <laughs> like, it'll be 11 o'clock at night. I'm like, wow, they are loud. Or maybe I just don't live in a, a city noisy enough. It is too quiet out here. But, um, yeah, and so I'm just, I just really give thanks. Like, you know, before I think I used to just wake up when I was a kid and be like, thanks, Dad, you know, because it was yeah. like how I was taught. Like, thank you for waking me this morning. You know, but now as an adult, I'm like extremely thankful. And I'm so grateful. Like when I hear from my mom and my family in the morning, we have a little group chat where we just say good morning, you know. Mm -hmm. And every, it's like a little check-in. Everybody knows we're alive. And um, so that's one of the rituals is just like waking up first thing and giving thanks. And then I also, I have a practice where I write down something that I am working on. Mm -hmm. And so right now I'm telling myself every morning that I am responsible now. <laughs> so I'm responsible for everything that takes place in my life. And I remind myself of that. And also, it reminds me to make sure that I, uh, you know, look at my calendars, take care of my responsibilities, so that way I can stay on track. Uh -huh. And just at night, reflecting on <clears throat> what I'm grateful for for the day. Oh. And occasionally, I burn some incense, not for myself, but for my guardian angels that wake me up in the morning, help me find my keys, help me find great parking spaces, just help me throughout the day to make things just go the way they Yeah. Are. So every now and again, I just make sure I give them things like, here, this incense for you, I have to leave because it's not for me. And um, so that's, that's one, of, those are some of the rituals that I'm really enjoying right now. And one that I picked up, Rachel. Uh-huh. So if you're, if you're proud of me. Yeah. So I've been trying to teach myself feng shui. And um, because I like learning different practices, because what I'll end up doing is incorporating into my life and mashing it up and making yeah. it. Yeah. So one that I found was the penny routine. And so like every day, uh -huh. I give thanks for, you know, the money I have and I do it with my change and I drop it into a container that I like. And I try to remember to do that every oh, day. That's amazing. And I found that that's working. <laughs> I got a phone call about some money and it was a good amount. <laughs> and I was very happy. I was like, I've only been doing this three days. So what I do is I turn on my waterfall. That's in my, I think I found my money area. Uh -huh. I turn it on, let it run for an hour. I give thanks with my penny or whatever change I have, drop it in the container and I just walk away happy and go do what I'm doing and come back and I turn the fountain off after. But yeah, so uh, those are my rituals. Those are some uh, of the rituals and I'm loving them right now. That's loving so them. cool. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, I just could just hear people like, okay, I'm gonna try that, I'm gonna try that. Like, what is this about? <laughs> Dee actually shared some, I, I do some of the same things that uh, Dee just shared. I haven't tried the money one yet because I didn't know about that one. That one sounds kind of great. Um, and then I have a space in my morning routine. It's usually when I'm 
going to see a client, I'm either driving there, I always make time to connect with my mother. Mm -hmm. I'm very, very thankful um, daughter that I still have her in my life. I have both of my parents, actually. Mm -hmm. That's a blessing. And I understand in my space in the morning when I'm doing my gratitude, I really understand the value of having your parents. They do change from what they, you know, they evolve. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, um, I won't say their importance, but their, the way they show up in your life changes as you mature. And so I am very grateful for how they show up right now. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times as um, parents age, sometimes adult children could feel like those parents are more work. And I choose not to see it that way. Yeah. So I'm very grateful and I'm, and I want to make, I want to be present to the fact that I have them and that I, um, and they love me and I'm able to share this space and time with them. Absolutely. Oh. Yes, that's amazing. Yes, to have both parents. I know Dee feels that way about her mom too, and she still has her mom, and I'm trying to be more mindful of the things that, let's just say other people complain about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's say it like that. Like I was telling Alicia this morning, in every bad situation, there's always something good. It doesn't seem like it. But I promise you, if you feel like something is bad in a situation, try to think about what is actually good about that situation. Because I'm telling you, there's a lesson there. There's something there that is working for you. There's something there. There's something there. You know, I won't get into like a whole long thing, but right. there's something there. So just think about that. Fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that you have um stated that and just connecting with our parents and you know my relationship with my parents too just the the shift and the change and and you said it they evolved and and the relationship evolved and and um I actually went back to see my dad he lives in Wyoming which was you know a bit far for me and he had you know a heart attack and a stroke and all these things and, and earlier this year he had another stroke and then just probably a couple of weeks ago, he had another one and it, it made me realize, I, I just feel like I don't have, you know, all this time um, with him and, and our relationship is so distant. And even growing up, you know, I only saw him in the summer and I got to go back and connect with him. And even though he looks so different and is in this frail state, um, so much healing happened in that space and so much resentment was relieved and, um, you know, just years and years of mm -hmm. resentment and mm -hmm. um, holy crap, it was just like this beautiful healing that came out mm -hmm. of, you know, this horrible situation, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, you're just so, so, so right on all of I that. I appreciate that. Thanks for sharing that. Thank That's real. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I can, I can understand, you know, my dad's no longer with me, but physically, yeah. but I always feel his presence. So, yeah. you know, it, it is important and, you know, things happen to people that we love, but um, that we can always find something that's good out of it. And in your situation, you were able to heal 
you know, and I'm sure your dad needed that too. Oh my God. Yeah. I've never seen my dad in such an emotional space. And, you know, the entire weekend he was just releasing emotions and crying. And, and I remember growing up, I would never see my dad in that space, right? I would never see emotion. We never spoke, we never communicated and he's held all this stuff back for so long. And he finally got to, to share. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it will help him. Maybe it might even help him heal some, you know? I think so. Um, it was, it was incredible. Yeah. I mean, the whole time it was there, he couldn't speak. So it was all mumble. So you couldn't even understand what he was saying. So he had to write out his, what he wanted to tell me. He had to write things down on, on paper and he kept holding his throat. And when he finally was able to express the things that he needed to, I was able to understand him. It was incredible. It was like, it was still mumbly, but I could understand exactly what he was saying and he didn't have to write it down. And it was just like this instant opening. Wow. It was crazy. Powerful. Powerful. I'm telling you, emotions hold so much energy. Yep. Wow. Oh gosh. We could do like a whole, (laughs) we can have a whole nother podcast about this. Oh my gosh. I think I have a lot to say. And oh my gosh, but that's amazing, Rachel. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. We really appreciate that. That has definitely blessed and elevate a lot of people because, you know, we always think that we're in some unique space, but definitely someone else having that same experience or very similar. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just insane. And I just love that you brought in you know, your parents and your ancestors. And it's so true there and your angels, you know, finding you parking spots. And and we, we laugh about it, but it's like, it's a for real, for real thing that we have this entourage of ancestors that want to help us. And it's like, like, put me to work. <laughs> Why are you on your own? <laughs> Don't do it on your own. I'm here. You're looking for a spot. Where do you want to park? Like, talk to me. I'll have somebody move right now. You see that lady? Look, she's running to her car. I'm making her run. I I gave her an emergency call. She's out of here. Get the spot. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Uh, This has been so fun. Thank you again for taking the time to connect with me and to share your processes and your perspectives. And um, so, so, so grateful um, to you both. And I'll have... The links in the show notes for your podcast so that we can dive in more and, and learn more about both of you and your practices and so forever grateful thanks rachel we appreciate you good this is really good i feel i feel really connected i'm so glad we did this rachel me too you have been listening to bewitching the home special thank you to all my patreon members without you this show would not be possible music composition by ken seth thibodeau editing by Marcy Ferry, and special assistance by Blake Ferris. If you like what you're listening to, please hit the subscribe button. And if you want to support us even more, please join me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash bewitching. You can also follow me on Instagram at Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, Lorraine, L-A-R-R-A-I-N-E, and find out more information about the podcast on the website, bewitchingthehome.com.